and welcome to Stride and Saunter, episode 116. I'm Kip Clark, and joining me in the studio, we have a returning guest, Phoebe Lewis. Hi, guys. So as you can probably guess from the title, this is our third entry in the series for non-gamers, and we're going to be discussing Let's Plays today, which I'd be happy to define. But first, Phoebe, what would you say a Let's Play is as someone who previously did not know? I guess I would define a Let's Play as a video recording in real time of the person playing the game and narrating their experience and describing the game at the same time. So it definitely has spoilers in it, I would say, but it's also incredibly useful if you want to learn about the game and kind of figure out what kind of tricks you need to use. Absolutely. I can't really say it much better myself. It's narration over someone's recorded experience playing a game. And in a later episode, we will discuss some of the controversy and backlash to Let's Plays from media and those who are, I think, outsiders to the gaming industry and don't really understand what Let's Plays are. But to explain to the audience how we prepared for this week's episode, I asked you to watch some Let's Plays of one of my favorite Let's Players on YouTube, Stephen George, whose YouTube channel is Stephen Plays. And my first question would be, did you have any expectations going in about what you might see or how much you might or might not enjoy watching a Let's Play? I didn't really have any expectations because I've never watched a video remotely like Let's Plays. But the closest that I'd seen was when my little brother, who's 13, he likes to watch Lego games. And it's not entirely like Let's Play, but sort of similar. So I kind of went into it wondering if it would be like that. But I've got to say, I had a really fun time. It was really, really great. And I can confirm for the audience that Phoebe sent me texts and Facebook messages throughout the week describing your excitement, because one of the first things I had you watch were what Steven, this Let's Player, calls first 20s. And so he'll demo a game and go through the first 20 or so minutes of that game, but won't play it in its entirety, like other series on his YouTube channel. And there were some very interesting ones that I'd love it if you described for the audience, because I know you really loved certain aspects. I guess I could start out by talking about her story, which was the first one that I watched, and it was so cool. I've been following Serial quite avidly for the past couple months, and it felt a little bit like that, just sort of mashing together different clips of audio and video and trying to figure out what exactly was going on. And it's just an incredibly well-crafted and really clever game. So, sorry, spoiler alert. Basically, what happens is you get this computer screen and you've got these different clips of someone being interviewed and you have to kind of figure out what exactly this person is talking about, what the story is that you're trying to kind of unravel. And it's really interesting because it puts you in the exact place of a policeman who would be piecing together these series of footage. And what emerges is a story that you unravel yourself. And so it's not like a game because sometimes there are stages in a game where certain parts of the story will be told and you just sit back and watch. But here, you have to make the story. And it was so fun. I absolutely agree. I remember really loving that video and thinking that at some point in the future, I'd like to play this game, which is a beauty of Let's Playing, I think, at least for gamers. And evidently from what you're describing, I think for non-gamers as well, if there are games that push storytelling or artistic boundaries to new places, they might entice non-gamers like you to at least watch those videos, which helps spread the message. And her story is really interesting. You see clips of this woman talking and she'll mention a name. And so then in the screen where you enter text, you can look up that name and say, okay, let's find clips 
that match with Jason and Sunday Night and Attic. And you'll get all the clips that match for all of those things, which isn't how some people would think of games, perhaps, but it certainly is. And I agree, that was a really fun demo to watch. Yeah, it was really cool. And also just the way that it was set up, I really loved that. So you're presented with this desktop. It's an old-fashioned desktop, and you kind of have to extrapolate from what is on the screen, what year you're in, what department you're in, who you are. And it's so, so interesting, and it really forces you to take into account every single detail. And I think it stands as a great example of what games, especially more modern games, are trying to do in being more experimental or artistic or certainly unique. Now, there was another demo that I also had you watch, which both of us found very absurd. And I, as always, love to hear your thoughts on Fox Hunt. Oh my god, where to begin? So it's an FMV game, which means it's a full motion video game. So basically what that means is you will have a clip of a video after which you will be stopped with an option. You can either pick up the knife that you see before you, or you can turn around, or you can punch the person to your left. So you're given these options, and if you choose the options, then you'll be presented with a video that shows you completing that action. So it's a kind of interesting form of playing a game that I'd never seen before, where it's kind of like a little stilted at times, but there's something fun about it because you can replay certain videos of you doing the same action over and over again, which is part of why I think the game can be a little bit absurd at times. And I also think it's absurd because it was made earlier, I want to say, in the 80s. And some of the humor and the characters that were played, also the writing, the script of this game, was really forced to me in a lot of places. And these characters felt more like caricatures. And I'd also like to point out to those listening who, of course, may be non-gamers, a lot of games have scripts. There are writers who prepare dialogue for certain characters and try to keep track of certain information revealed at certain points in certain games. And it is complex and does require, in my opinion, a large degree of preparation, which I don't think Fox Hunt exemplified in a lot of ways. And there are certain scenes in Fox Hunt where your character in his apartment can lick a dish and you can make him do that over and over again. And in relation to Fox Hunt, I'd be very curious to hear your thoughts on video gaming as a comedic form of entertainment. Well, it's funny that you say entertainment because when I started watching these games, I thought, oh, I'm going to be taught how to do something. And I didn't think I would be actually actively entertained and laughing. And I'm laughing just thinking about Fox Hunt because it was so absurd. It reminded me of Animal House. It's just got, as you said, caricatures. It's got these big personalities. One of the options is to try and open a fridge, but instead of opening the fridge, he just punches it. You know, it's just, it's so weird, but there's something so charming or appealing about that because It seemed to me like the people who wrote the script for the game were kind of laughing to themselves as they did that, and I appreciated that. And it really became clear to me how important script writing is to the gaming process, and that's something that really became apparent as I was watching the different videos, different kinds of narrations, the different types of characters. It was very complex. And I'm glad you bring up writing because it is a central part of the game. And for Let's Playing, which is essentially commentary, those playing the games will indefinitely comment on the writing of the game, how it looks, and other aspects. They will in many ways review it in real time, which is a term you used earlier that I really love, because you can see the process of playing a game. And perhaps I should have started this series by having you watch Let's Plays, because it is very accessible. You don't have to press anything. You're simply watching. And I'd like to hear your thoughts on the personality added to a game by having one or more commenters as you watch. Well, when you talk about the commentator aspect, the let's play that comes to mind is Tulip. 
it was a very funny let's play because the writing was really interesting. So basically, Tulip is a game where, Kip, do you want to describe it for us? Yeah, I'd be happy to. So Tulip is very heavily influenced by Japanese culture, which may be confusing to watch for certain American or non-Japanese viewers. But fortunately, Stephen's wife, Mallory, was playing along with him. And so she would explain certain aspects of why certain things are happening. For example, the name of the game, Tulip, is an onomatopoeia of sorts in Japan, which is the sound someone makes when kissing someone else. And in the plot of the game, you're this teenage boy who has a crush on her, that's her actual name, and your goal by the end of the game is to kiss her. But for some reason, you have to kiss everyone, truly everyone in town, before you earn her respect. And it's this very wild and comedic game. You have to perform various tasks and favors, to kiss these people and it's so entertaining to watch because it doesn't ever really make any sense and these characters much like those in fox hunt are caricatures and to me that's where let's playing doesn't always feel like you're watching gameplay but a sitcom of sorts with a different art style than we would be used to as tv viewers but it's such a fascinating game to me because there are cultural differences and that's something i find really fascinating This game was not all that popular in America, and I suspect, one, because it can be very hard and confusing at points. You have to wait in certain places of this town where there is a real-time clock, and if you aren't in the right spot at 2 a.m., for example, the person who comes out of their house and is available to kiss might not kiss you, or they're in a bad mood because you didn't bring the right item. And it's just a very interesting take, in my opinion, on video gaming. And as always, I'd really love to hear what you thought of this one. Well, there are a couple of things that came to mind when I was watching. The first that interested me was the layout of the town. It seemed to me as a sort of attempt at an authentic Japanese town. I say this having not been to a Japanese town, so take this with as much salt as you can get. But it was interesting to me in that I felt like I was being transported into this other place that was authentic for different viewers. So that was interesting on one level. The other thing that was interesting was just how absurd it was, as you just said you would write a love letter to her and you would give it to a guy and the guy would return it and punch you in the face and be like, no, this is terrible. I'll teach you how to write a love letter. And you spend the whole time thinking like, what? But there's something really fun about that. And I think that some games get their entertainment quality from having really fantastic scripts like in Skyrim or in Assassin's Creed, where you've got like a very strong story. But here you're kind of going the other way. You've got an absurd situation and there's something fun about that as well. And we've somewhat skirted around it at this point, but let's dig into how you felt about Let's Playing as a passion, a hobby, and for people like Stephen and Mallory, a profession and a career. And I know a lot of people would say, well, it's not very legitimate. And I suspect that comes from stigma about gaming, which we've previously discussed. But I'd really like to hear your take on what commentary did for these videos. Had they been silent without any commentary, do you think you would have enjoyed them as much? Would you have been more confused? And did commentary help you enjoy games that you might not previously have approached? Oh, absolutely. I really enjoyed listening to Stephen and Mallory's commentary, partly because they have really great witty banter, and that's always fun. But also, when you're trying a new game, at least for me, I sometimes get frustrated because I don't really know what to do. I'm still learning the controls. And so it was kind of nice to have someone walk me through. And so I felt like I had a companion in the process. But it also just helps to have someone else there talking alongside you. I feel like video games don't have to be solitary. And I've enjoyed watching them alongside someone, not actually alongside them, but sort of in the presence of someone else who is playing them. 
And I found that that helped me to enjoy them more because I was focused less on being frustrated about how to play and more able to appreciate the design, the story, the characters, the music even. And then they would comment on things that I wouldn't have even noticed. For example, when I was watching the Tulip Let's Play, Stephen noted that the script of the game had been translated from Japanese almost perfectly. And that was really interesting. And I wouldn't have known that otherwise. And so that made me pay attention to the script more. So certain things like that that really draw your attention to the more minute aspects of the game. I like that a lot. And for me, everything you're saying points to the fact that Let's Playing, like other forms of commentary, brings back the human element into the human creation or art form. For example, books on tape where you can hear someone's voice reading what would otherwise be text on a page. And I'm not saying that makes audiobooks better than reading the book yourself, but there is something reassuring in having someone else's voice there. I think that's why people often listen to podcasts, because you're reminded of human presence. And I feel there's something inherently soothing in that. Or in watching DVD commentary, where you hear directors, actors, set designers, etc. discussing the process. It's nice to get a behind-the-scenes look. And in the case of Let's Plays, an in-front-of-the-scenes look, because you're hearing it from the point of view that you as a viewer might have. You don't necessarily know how the game was made, but you're seeing how the game is played, which is very interesting, because we don't really have very many parallels in other forms of entertainment. No one's going to narrate an entire movie and tell you how to watch it, because movies are simply played by hitting the play button. Now, another thing that we've discussed previously is how violence can be rampant in video games. And Steven plays a number of games that do include a lot of violence, such as Assassin's Creed or Skyrim, which I appreciate you watching through, even if it wasn't comfortable. And of course, I'd really like to know how those games felt for you and if his commentary changed your perception of that violence or made you less averse to it because of how he was describing it as the game player. I definitely felt more comfortable watching the violence of the game, but one thing that really came to mind was that I would definitely not be playing it if I didn't have someone with me. And that's simply because I don't get a lot out of violent games. That's just me personally. So I did appreciate having someone walk me through it, so to speak. And so I felt more comfortable paying attention to the game because I think that if I were playing it by myself, I would be so thrown off by, for example, the opening sequence of Skyrim. It's pretty violent. And so I think if I were playing it by myself, I might be a little thrown off by that. But because I had someone talking me through it, I felt more able to really appreciate it. I can't say that I feel totally gung-ho with the violence, if I'm being honest. I don't really like it that much, and I don't think that that's going to change for me. But it does make me feel more comfortable approaching it, knowing that someone else is there who can like help me through it and kind of narrate it in a way that sets me at ease. I'd be interested to know, how do you feel about violence in games? And do you feel that the Let's Play kind of dilutes that violence in any way or helps you view it in a different light? That's a fantastic question, and I do think Let's Playing has an important relationship to violence in games because those playing the games, especially if they are more perceptive or aware, will comment on that violence. And there's a wonderful series of games, very reminiscent of Indiana Jones, called Uncharted, where you play an archaeologist slash treasure hunter, and he encounters numerous bad guys and kills them all with relative ease, and it's never commented on in the game. And a lot of players, such as Steven, and various video game critics who review games for a living will mention how absurd it is that this protagonist, Nathan Drake, mows down thousands of people and it's never mentioned in the game. 
And so for me, as someone who wouldn't consider himself pro-violence, I do think that Let's Playing as a form of commentary allows exactly that for players and reviewers and others consuming this form of entertainment to discuss the violence and to bring up conversations like you and I are currently having because it gives us an avenue through which to engage that discussion. And so I'm not necessarily happy about the violence on screen, but I am a bit more comfortable with it. One, because I'm a player of these games and I recognize that when it's done well, the violence of these games is contextualized. You're fighting for a cause or you're trying to defend yourself and people like you that you identify with in the game. And it is a tough pill to swallow, so to speak. And I don't think it should be so casually brushed away. So I'm glad you bring up that question. And I hope that answered it. Yeah, definitely. I think what you said about creating an avenue for discussion is just spot on. I think it's so important to discuss the things in games and in any medium, really, that are difficult or problematic. These Let's Plays allow an avenue of discussion. And with elements such as violence that can be difficult for some people to handle, I think you're right in pointing out that talking about it and kind of feeling comfortable to discuss the things that are maybe less pleasing or maybe more difficult to handle. I think that that's really important to look at critically and really examine. And I think at that point, then the violence becomes useful in a way that it wasn't before. And in discussing violence, there's one Let's Play we haven't yet covered that I had you watch. And of course, there are thousands of games out there. So there are accordingly thousands of Let's Plays. But one game that Stephen and Mal played through and passed off the controller between videos was Pikmin, which is a real-time strategy game where you as an alien crash land on this planet and you're controlling these small, half-inch-sized little alien guys that are multicolored and have different abilities. And of course, you are a non-gamer, as we've mentioned numerous times, but what was watching that experience like for you, especially in terms of of different players on different in-game days, because day one might be Steven, but day two is Mallory, and they might have different play styles. I'd really like to hear what you think about cooperative Let's Plays like that. Well, the one word that came to mind when I was watching the Let's Play was colonialism, which is very much a liberal arts thing to say, so sorry for everyone out there, but it was just so interesting to me that it was an outside person landing and using these local people for his own ends. So that was an interesting thing that came to mind, and if I remember correctly, Mallory does say something along those lines when she was playing. She was like, oh, these poor guys, you know, he's using them, I wonder, kind of pointing out that maybe this isn't entirely okay. And so that made me feel more comfortable in sort of critically examining the morals behind the game. Colonialism aside, I probably enjoy this game the most out of all of the games that we watched because it used a different set of skills that I found fascinating. It was all about group management and sort of allocating different roles to different people. Which for non-gamers listening, and even for you, Phoebe, is usually referred to as a real-time strategy game. You are managing the strategy of your group or your individual character in real time. You don't have turns to plan out. You have to get going. And in this game, segments of time are managed as days on this strange planet, and those days are 13 minutes long. So I'm really glad that you enjoyed it. I think it's a very interesting format. Yeah, definitely. And your note about trading off different roles day to day from Stephen to Mallory, I thought that was also really interesting because I remember Stephen noting on the first segment, oh, you know, I can pull up all of these turnips and just totally screw with the world and then she'll have to clean up my mess. And I thought that was really funny, but it also showed the interdependence that goes into gaming. What was your favorite game, if I can ask? 
That's a really good question. And I'll admit that I have tremendous bias because I've followed this channel for a long time and usually enjoy various games that he plays through. If they're games that I own and I've also played, it's nice to see someone else's take on my experiences in a way. But if they are games that I haven't played, it's always a nice introduction because I know this individual or in the case of both of them, I know this family. And so it's comfortable and familiar to see their take on games I've never played. But of the four or five that I had you watch, I really love Tulip because it's on the PlayStation, which is a platform I've never owned and may never own. And also the absurdity of it really appealed to me. I find it fascinating how different cultures might code for humor because a Japanese player might find some of the humor more comical for different reasons than you and I might. And I just appreciated the cultural diversity that the game itself implies in being made and also that it's more of a relaxed experience. With games like Pikmin or others, your character can die, your character can starve to death or lose, whereas in Chulip, you do take it day by day, and the level of pressure is much, much lower. So as a viewer, in this strange empathetic relationship I have with the game player in a Let's Play, I don't feel as much pressure myself, and as it was uploaded, I believe, every three days on this channel when it was first being produced, I remember looking forward every three days to seeing a new video. And I'd like to know your favorite Let's Play as well, but I'd also like to hear what you think about that process of new content being uploaded on a schedule, because I had you watch completed Let's Plays, but currently, as we speak, Steven is making and will continue to make new Let's Plays that are produced every few days, and he'll play three games at a time over the course of a few months, alternating every other day. But first, your favorite Let's Play? Oh, that's a hard one. I really enjoyed all of them. I would probably choose Pikmin just because it was just very interesting the way that it employed your skills. It really was more challenging in ways that I found that other games haven't been. Now that I'm saying that, of course, I think my other favorite would be her story because I just thought it was so brilliantly done. And unlike any game that I've seen thus far, just the whole setup and having to really engage with the game as a replica of another world. I thought that was really, really interesting. And I find that the uploading process of, you know, every three days, once a week, something like that, it does seem a little bit like a sitcom in that you've got something to look forward to with a set of characters, the set of characters being the commentators, but also the game itself. The game becomes sort of its own entity and the way that they're interacting is really interesting. So I definitely see how that can become sort of like an entertainment schedule akin to having your favorite shows uploaded on Hulu once a week or something like that. Also, the other thing talking of TV shows that strikes me as interesting about this schedule of uploading is that I wonder to what extent these Let's Plays are their own form of media that are different or separate in some way from the video games themselves. And in what way are they no longer video games and instead becoming a form of artistic medium, if you will, that is different? Which is precisely what we're going to be talking about in the next entry of this series. So I'm really happy that you bring it up. And before we close this episode, what are some things you'd like the audience to think about, especially non-gamers, after listening to our discussion? I would say take a leap and go watch a Let's Play and just see how you feel. Just try it out. Try and quiet that little bias in the back of your head if you have it. Go and watch a Let's Play. Click on anything that interests you and don't ask yourself why you're interested. Just go with it and see how you do. Because judging from my experience, I think you'll probably enjoy it a lot more than you think you will. 
Definitely. And if I haven't already, I'd like to thank you for giving these videos a chance because it's a new experience for you. And I recognize that there are levels of bias and discomfort in all of us, not just you. And I don't want to make that seem as though only non-gamers have bias because that simply isn't the case. And I'd really like our audience to think about how unique or potentially normal Let's Playing is as a form of commentary on a pre-existing medium. In what ways is it new and in what ways is it very much like things like audiobooks or DVD commentary because it does come out of a tradition of commentary on art that has been around for a long time. And as always, Phoebe, I'd like to thank you very much for coming on. It was great talking to you. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure. Of course, but we want this to be a conversation among, not simply a conversation between. So if you have any thoughts, feedback, opinions, or comments of any kind, we really want you to be a part of this. So feel free to reach us on Twitter or on Facebook, where if you like our page, you'll receive weekly updates when we post new episodes. And if you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing to and reviewing the show, which helps us out a lot, and also recommending it to a friend you think might find this valuable or entertaining in some way. And as always, we thank you very much for listening. And from thought to word and voice to ear, this is Kip Clark signing off.